Hello, friends. Have you noticed that you can get caught up in consuming content? Or maybe you notice you are hyper, hyper focused on the doing. Empaths, we often consume. And I know because that was me too, soaking up information from all my favorite teachers and mentors. But it wasn't until I started focusing more on the being and embodiment work that the door to massive clarity was finally unlocked. And I no longer got confused about what was my energy versus everybody else's. I was able to become a more clear channel for creation and as a result, transform my life, business, and health. In fact, my meditation and embodiment practice is what helped me have a nearly $40,000 month this past January, see the highest downloaded month of the podcast, and finally release a lot of unnecessary stress. And my clients felt it and saw it in their lives too. It wasn't reading more articles. It wasn't doing more busy work. So I'm inviting you to graduate from the spongy empath consumer into the self-activated sovereign healer. You can take your podcast listening experience from, ooh, I feel seen, heard, and inspired to, holy shit, I actually feel different. My being has shifted. I am the embodiment of the woman I desire to be. The Third Eye Collective is a simple way to upgrade your experience and commit not only to a meditation practice that complements your healing, but also receive personalized coaching so you can be clear on what direct actions to implement into your highest goals. There are two simple ways to get involved at $11 or $22 a month with no commitment. So if this is calling your name, join this amazing and growing community. Welcome to the Healing Uncensored Podcast. My name is Sarah Small, and I'm a holistic business coach and intuitive healer who supports empaths in creating a thriving body, business, and life. Healing my own chronic illness as an empath led me to become fascinated with energy and more specifically, all the emotional, spiritual, and holistic healing modalities that my doctor never told me about. I began to share my insights and journey online and over time built a powerful community and business supporting women who were also on their path to healing. Think of this podcast as your uncensored and no BS guide to navigating life, health, and entrepreneurship as a highly sensitive person. You'll get no nonsense and totally holistic tips from me in real time as I navigate this healing journey right beside you. Now let's get started. Today's episode is brought to you by the Empowered Empath Facebook community. Did you know that I have a free Facebook community where I not only share content, free challenges, mini trainings, but also free coaching? Every so often, usually at least once a week, I will go live and answer all of your questions. I wanted to give you a taste of the energy inside this amazing supportive group of both empaths who are building businesses and trying to navigate that path as the empath entrepreneur and the empaths who are just waking up to their power and their intuitive abilities and maybe struggling with chronic illness because of their sensitive nature, which, of course, we can change. So this is a little snapshot, little taste of the energy inside the group and a open Q&A coaching call I just had today. I hope you enjoy. 
So the first question is from Christine. And Christine wants to know, she's deciding between different coaching certific certification programs. So I think the question is, how do I decide between different, different uh, options I have in front of me, right? So my question to you would be, or questions for you to ask yourself are, what is your end goal with this certification program? For example, maybe you're considering some different health coaching certifications. Well, what do you ultimately want to do once you are a certified health coach? Who do you want to work with? Who do you want to serve? What is the end result of this certification? And then which of those, if it's, you're thinking about health coaching, which of those health coaching certifications will allow you to do what you ultimately want to do as an end goal and desired outcome? And then I would obviously also look at the length and the investment, and I would definitely think about looking at reviews and the bios of the people who are teaching the course and like what are their qualifications and credentials and are they going to be great people to learn from? And then what are you just most energetically attracted to the most? What, what, what is your heart saying, yes, that, that's like, I'm meant to be in that sacred container. I am meant to go through that process. So I would ask yourself all of these questions. And then, you know, if you're someone who wants to write it all out and weigh it out, do that. If you're someone who wants to feel into it, feel into it as the empath. But there's a lot of different ways for you to consider this. And if I had more information, I could help you more. But ultimately, ask yourself, what is the end goal of their certification? And again, who do you want to end up helping with this certification? Or what do you want your life to look like afterwards? What do you want your business to look like if it's something that you want to be certified to be able to teach and serve others with? And as you have that visualization in your mind, ask yourself, what is the process going to, that's going to allow me to get there? Julia asks, how to balance your masculine and feminine energy, especially letting your feminine energy become present? Great question. I get this is one of the things I help people with in my one-on-one -on -one coaching with a lot. And it is also a very common question that I get in general. And I cover in several of my programs, especially in Intuitive Soul School. So the masculine, just to catch everyone up, get on the same page, the masculine and feminine are not gender, they are energy. And the masculine is more logical, more reasoning, more action-oriented, more structured, more linear, and it is giving, the giving part of us, the doing and the giving. The feminine is more of the intuitive, the empathic, the nurturing, the healing, the expressive, the flowing, and the receiving, receiving part of us. So you can start, Julia, by scanning your life. How, ask yourself, how am I showing up in my masculine? So you go back to those kind of just, that was just a few bullet points on what the masculine is, but ask yourself, how am I showing up in a logical way? Where am I taking a lot of action in my life? How am I trying to put everything into a linear process or structure things? And then where am I giving? And maybe where am I giving too much in my life? Then ask, how am I showing up in my feminine, are where are you showing up in an intuitive way or listening to your intuition or using your intuition? Where are you trusting the process and allowing flow? How are you expressing yourself or are you not expressing yourself in your life? Um, the healing aspect of your life and also how am I receiving? Am I able to, to comfortably and openly open that channel to receive in my life? So after you have these lists of how am I showing up in my feminine, how am I showing up in my masculine, 
scan them and just ask yourself, where am I showing up more? Where am I showing up more? Am I showing up more in my feminine energy or my masculine energy? And it sounds like likely you are showing up more in your masculine and want to invite that feminine, maybe wounded feminine back in to be reintegrated and, and like open your arms up to embrace the feminine, but maybe just aren't quite sure how to do that. So we can be masculine dominant, which maybe, maybe you're feeling that way. And this would kind of look like always having a plan, um, being a strong action taker, being driven, uh, but also potentially lacking trust and maybe, maybe wanting to control everything. So that can be masculine dominant. The feminine dominant can be more like just dreaming of what you desire and able to receive a healthy relationship with receiving in your life, but maybe not really taking any action on those things that you're dreaming about and that you really, really want and desire in your life. So you're, you like have this vision and then you never take the action. Whereas the masculine is taking action, taking action, giving, 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 and, and potentially burning out. We as human beings, however you identify, it is an opportunity for us to balance within us these energies. And so when we have a balanced masculine and a balanced feminine that allows us to have an think of it like an open circuit so I, I think of holding my hands out in front of me and energy flowing in through my left side which is my my feminine and out through my right hand right side which is my masculine and so it's like this continuously the flowing circuit with the universe i receive 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 give 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 receive 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 give receive give receive give receive kind of like you're juggling balls uh, up and down so it's like receive give receive give receive give and it's it's constant it's it, there's never like a uh, it's never like dammed up or like a roadblock or anything. And it's like, you never have a, a closed sign on your left hand that's like, nope. And, and maybe your masculine's just give, 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 like on repeat, almost like a, a stuck or broken record. And instead, they, they both are contributing equally. Uh, that's one example of how you could see balanced masculine and feminine energy is the ability to give and receive equally and openly without any weird feelings as well. Uh, but in general, that especially anyone who's listening who's a wellness coach, a business owner, empath entrepreneur, it's very important that we look at, at this aspect of our energy body. If you, you know, are not in integrating and implementing the energetic aspect of your, into your business of energy as a strategy in itself, then you might also be unknowingly self-sabotaging by, for example, only producing content for your audience and just like throwing out all like little nuggets of gold. It can be freaking amazing content, but Again, behind the, the, the closed door, the door is literally, literally closed, I guess. So you're not receiving anything after you give, give, give. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs also burn out because they're like, I am doing everything that everyone told me to do and I'm still not receiving. Well, that's, we want to really look at your feminine energy. And that's what I help my, my business coaching clients do. So I want you to also go back in time and ask yourself, what, what was I taught? Which 
aspects of your energy were rewarded the most as a little girl, even as a teenager, and even in any careers you may have had, jobs you've had in your life, what's more rewarded? Typically, it is a masculine energy, and so our body gets this wiring this programming that's like oh if we we respond act behave in a certain way then we we get more rewards so it's just you know like like a lot of the the like cornerstone foundational psycho psychology studies where we we are reward driven and so if you feel like your whole life, you know, whether it's your parents or a teacher or a boss are rewarding you stepping into your masculine energy, then that could be also why we, we fall into this dominance. And as a society, I think that we're shifting, but for so long, it's been more this patriarch, this, this masculine energy. And people have been rewarded for following a linear path in their life of even just think of like grade one, two, three, four, five, so on and so forth, working the, up the, the corporate ladder that we all have heard about and know about. It's, you know, entry level, like associate, blah, 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 manager, executive, CEO, and it's so linear and structured. So what were you taught as a little girl about these different aspects of your, your being that are inherent within all of us? Again, uh, I've had people come to me and they're like, why do you talk about gender? And I'm like, no, it's not gender. It's just energy. It's just, it's just energy that we all have within us. And it's just the ability to be able to notice where where we're showing up and how we're showing up and are we giving or are we receiving which one's more dominant and then you mentioned you know giving your your feminine more basically a, a seat at the table right so would you say especially letting your feminine energy become present so it's already in you don't worry like about it like it's not like you don't have it all right you definitely have it it's already there it's already present but you want to honor it you want to nurture it you want to give her a seat at the table you want to allow that to shine so you create balance right and by honoring the feminine does not mean that we dishonor the masculine or we push that into a corner and decide we can't be those things. It's like, no, you you are both and you get to be both and one is not better than the other. And as human beings, we're going to operate most optimally when we have that balance within us. And of course, you're always going to kind of be in one or the other. So if, if I'm right now, for example, I'm in my masculine energy to an extent because I'm showing up and I'm giving and I'm also doing something that is an action. Now, I'm infusing bits of my feminine into this because I'm also letting my intuition guide what I'm saying. So there's a way of kind of integrating them, but oftentimes, you know, you might just be doing something that is in your masculine energy versus just in your feminine energy. Like your feminine energy is going to be like that twirling girl in the field it's, or like the twerking girl <laughs> in the club. Like she's expressing herself. She's feeling emotion and she's allowing herself to flow and to surrender. So you don't have to be balanced perfectly all of the time. Like balance is bullshit. Let yourself be a fucking human being. And within that, just notice where, how am I showing up? And then there's a difference between showing up for a period of time in your masculine and then going back to feminine and feeling that balance versus always showing up in one area. 
and then ask her, meaning your feminine energy, if, if she has any fears around expressing herself or expressing this side of you. Is there any fear, deep-rooted fear, that is actually around, uh, let's say, receiving? Do you have fears around receiving? What does it mean for you to receive? Or what what fears might you have around being expressive and, and emotional and expressing your emotions or your desires? Or what fears do you have around even tapping into your intuition? And is there any sort of fears or limiting beliefs, negative self-talk around that aspect of you? And if that's the case, then the ego is always going to protect you and say, oh, you know, you shouldn't express that part of you because it's not going to keep us as safe as if we are maybe dominant in the masculine. And then on a more like homework, simple, basic level is just to invite more dance into your life, more dreaming, more daydreaming, more receiving, more flowing. I uh, highly recommend my little mini course, The Art of Receiving, on my website, autoimmunetribecourses.com. Um, yeah, trust, really turning, turning, turning back into trust to honor your feminine and inviting more creativity in your life. So it's a way of expression and it's also a way to... to channel your intuition by being creative. Okay, that was fun. Thank you for asking that question. Next question is from Sarah, Sarah Ray, and she asks uh, for daily protection rituals for empaths. I keep picking up other people's funk. <laughs> so good timing because maybe, yeah, maybe I wasn't supposed to do this live stream a day or two ago and it was meant to be today because I did a very intense just cleansing ritual for myself to release the energy of a family member just, well, I've done it twice now over the last two days because it felt like very, very intense energy. And so this is not the only way to have a ritual, to have a daily protection ritual, and it is not the only way to release energy vampires. It's not the only way to stop picking up other people's weird, sassy, negative energy vampire energy. Uh, go listen to the podcast episode, I think, oh, it's in the 70s, like 72, 73, uh, if you want to learn more about energy vampires and also the role we play in that because that's really important to acknowledge and accept as well. But here's what I did just to give you an idea of something you can play with and you can modify it as you choose. So I had a lot of anger and very intense emotional pain. And I was picking up that funk that you described, right? But in this case, it was a deep hurt and someone else's rage and anger. And I did not want that. <laughs> it's not the way I want to live my life. And so I knew that I needed to do something actively to be able to release it versus pretending it didn't happen and just going on my merry way with my day or just going to sleep or something. It's like, if you feel an intense energy like this, why wouldn't you do something to release it, right? And and like, of course, there's the potential that you don't know, don't know what to do to release it. But if you have the tools, and I'm going to give you the tools today, please always do something to release this energy. Give yourself that gift. You are so worth that and deserving of that. You do not, as an empath, deserve to feel like you are being attacked left and right all of the time. So please cleanse your energy. Please take 
10, 20, 30, 40, however many minutes you need to release energy, especially when it's in, like I had a very intense interaction and converse, it was just one conversation, but it left me feeling a hot fucking mess. And I did not want to feel that way. So I went to the rituals, I went to the tools and I cleared that energy because it was not mine to carry. It was not an energy that I wanted to integrate into my body. And if I had let it stay there, it would have likely showed up as like a stress acne or as really tight shoulders or as a stomach ache or something physical if you don't emotionally release it as it comes up. And we can so much better manage our our energy when we are noticing and releasing, noticing and releasing as we go instead of, and I'm sorry to all of you empaths and, and I'm sorry to little girl Sarah, the inner child within me for not having the tools when she was little to be able to do this. But now as an adult that I have these tools, I will absolutely always use them and I will not wait to feel that pain in my shoulders or that stomach ache or whatever the F comes up because of this. And instead I will, I will release as it comes. It's, it's here. I see it. Release it. It's here. I see it. Release it. It's here. I see it. Release it. Don't let that fester. Like, you know, what's going to happen, right? It's just like when you have a cup of water and you pour in your, from your, your filter, your filtered water into your cup and you see it get fuller and fuller and fuller. What's going to happen, right? It's going to fucking overflow. It's going, there's no doubt that if you keep holding that pitcher there with that one size of cup, it's eventually going to overflow. That means either you have anxiety like crazy, panic attacks daily, you have immense stress, you have debilitating fear, whatever that feels like and manifests like in your body, that is so common in the empath. And I don't want any of you to feel that way. And again, I apologize to my seven, you know, seven year old self that I didn't, didn't know better. And I'm sorry to all your little girls within you that we weren't taught this. But again, now that we are empowered empaths and we are adults, we can do something about it. So that's my pep talk to you. Now let's go into the ritual before I um, get, uh, get, get going too crazy. So what I did was I started to draw myself a nice big hot bath and I made it a little extra hot because that's just what I wanted. And then I poured a ton of Epsom salts into the bath, like probably four or five cups at least. And I think usually they're like, pour a cup or a half cup. And like, I never do that. Please listen to your body. And if you feel like you're going to have a strong detox reaction or whatever you like reason you don't want to put extra salt in there, fine, don't do that. Like put in a cup. But I like to, to get my salt baths really, really salty. It feels very, very cleansing. It also feels like, um, it's like when you go into a float tank, if you guys ever been in a float tank and the float tank has like thousands of pounds of salt in it. So you feel a little lighter because of um, that that effect of like feeling weightless uh, with, with the salt in there. Now, I have not been able to create that sensation completely in my bathtub at home, but it makes me feel like it's also drawing out any sort of toxins, literally, like physically, as well as energetic toxins. And so... I put a ton of, of salt in there, and then I uh, I usually just dump the salt in the bathtub, and then I'll pour a couple drops of oil into that pile of salt, 
so that it incorporates into the salt versus if you wait until the water fills and you just put the oil on top, it's just gonna float on top. So I put the salt in, I take Clary Sage essential oil from doTERRA and I use this oil specifically because it's so cleansing. Think of it just like sage that you would burn, but in oil form. So it's very cleansing uh, essential oil. So I place that on top of the salt and then the bath fills, right? And it swishes all around. You can put some bubbles in there if you want some bubbles, some gluten-free bubbles. Please be, please read your labels. There's oftentimes gluten in bubble bath. So I get a gluten-free bubble bath and I sometimes will put a little bit of that in there. And then as that's filling up, I surround my bathtub um, as much as possible with black crystals. And I used a crystal called Shungite, S-H-U-N-G-I-T-E, which is also a really good EMF protector, P.S. Also on the podcast, go listen to uh, the episode with Libby Darnell if you want to learn more about EMFs. And I will place it, any black crystal will do. Okay, so any black or like even like a like a silver, like um, like a hematite. So it, that's or like magnetite. Sometimes they have more of a silver tinge to them. That's fine too. And the black crystals, I th- think of it like activated charcoal for your energy body. So we. Most of you probably have taken activated charcoal in your healing journey with chronic illness or with any sort of digestive issues. Activated charcoal, when we take it internally, is like a sponge for toxins. So it doesn't necessarily discriminate, right? So that's why you take it away from your other supplements and food. But when you take that, it's going to soak up like a sponge any toxins. And I think of black crystals like the activated charcoal for our energy body. So they are going to soak up any sort of bullshit (laughs) that we are carrying that we do not need to carry and allow that to release from our energy body. So black crystals around the space. Um, Before you jump into the bath, I would recommend uh, opening up a window. If you do have a window in your bathroom, I do write it right like above the bathtub, which is perfect. And so I'll just like put, you know, crack that open or just open the whole freaking thing if it's a nice day out. It was a little cold the other night. So I just cracked it. And then I will light my sage as well. So a sage bundle, which you can get at like Whole Foods, you can get at metaphysical stores, you can get it on Amazon. So just get some uh, sage bundle and you'll light that. And I like to try to get it extra smoky so that it like, you're not going to like huff in the smoke. Please don't do that. But that, so it's, it's smoky enough that it's going to last a little while. And I can really just, um, I get into the bath at this point and I take that, uh, that smudge stick and I just circle it around my entire body. I'll spend some time on my back and my shoulders hovering it around, around my chest, my heart, uh, on top of my legs, uh, the sides of my body, around my ears, my face, the crown chakra, top of your head, everything. After you spend a little time with that, I'll just let it sit in my abalone shell and I have a little, one of those little trays in my bathtub, so I'll just let it sit in there. And then I usually bring either depends on what kind of releasing you need. So like I could have probably used a rose quartz the other night. I chose to use a clear quartz and I had a clear quartz point and I grabbed that. And originally, and in my Instagram stories, I said that I put it on my heart. So I laid in the bathtub and it's heavy enough that, I mean, it's not going to float, that's for sure. So I just place it on my chest and I, you know, sit back and I close my eyes in the tub. But 
uh, I was feeling intuitively called to use that clear quartz to actually cleanse each of my chakra centers, not just my heart. So I ended up taking it and, and taking it underneath the water. I sat up in the bath and I held the cords down by my root chakra, which is the, your sacrum, the base of your spine and your lady parts. And it was vibrating in my hand. Like it was just like, zzz. I could, and under the water, you can especially feel crystals vibrate. So if you are a skeptic or not a believer, like go put your hand underwater with a crystal in your palm and feel your freaking palm sizzle. It's so cool. Depends on the crystal. But in this case, um, I used that clear quartz, held it down there, hovered it over my sacral chakra, rubbed it into my, my solar plexus, which is above your navel, really held it on my heart for a while. And then I hovered it around above my or in front of my throat third eye and my crown as as well. So I just really cleanse the whole chakra system and, and clear crystals are more cleansing, amplifying usually. Uh, so that was perfect. All the while I was doing that, I was listening to a protection mantra. So it's it's a mantra that's also used in uh, Kundalini yoga. It's, it's in Sanskrit and it's from the album Oh, divine mantras for protection. It's a very a variety of artists, um, and I cannot remember the specific artist, but if I, you guys want me to link to it, I can. And this album's great. All the mantras on there are good, and they're usually like four or five minutes long, so I would listen especially to that protection mantra for the heart. And then if you want to, I ended up listening to like the whole playlist because I was in there for a while. So then I sat in there, and... <sighs> I sat in there until I felt like I really had cleansed. And then when I decided that like, okay, Sarah, you've been here long enough. You've allowed this, like you can imagine it releasing too. I imagine all the funk, the shit releasing from my body. And then it's like the salt is soaking it up. So maybe the funk is being released like into the water. Some of it's going out the window, right? That sage is carrying it out the window. The salt is soaking it up in the water. So when you, when you, you know, flip your little stopper on your bathtub or pull it out, whatever it looks like, you're going to imagine and feel the water. This is also why I like a hot bath because by the time I'm out, I'm, my body is very warm. So when the water releases, you feel it go down that drain and you're imagining all of that bullshit leave your entire being as it goes and swirls down that drain. And you're not going to get freezing cold or anything because it was a hot bath. So I sit there and I just feel the water slowly, slowly get lower and lower and lower. And as the water gets lower and it releases, I feel lighter and lighter and lighter as a human being. And then it all, it is all effing gone. So there is one ritual you can try out. It was very powerful for me the other night. Uh, and I hope it will be for you too. All right, let's do like two more questions. Next question is from Lexi. How to approach people when spirit, <clears throat> excuse me, has channeled messages to you about them and they aren't necessarily spiritually inclined or you don't know them well enough to know, but they are being, but you are being told you have to tell them. Okay, this is a good question. I've got this question before as well. So if you feel called to deliver this message, then you can definitely do so in a loving way, right? So I think it's always our responsibility as energetic beings and as empaths, as healers, whatever role you serve in this world, whatever way you are of service to 
to responsibly deliver information. Like I had a client the other day, one-on-one, who was explaining she had a tarot card reading done and it was like super negative and left this like bad taste in her mouth kind of. And it was kind of like, made her question a lot of things and even her own intuition. And, And that broke my heart to hear that because I think that as Oracle card readers or as intuitive healers or anybody who's receiving that intuitive download, that we can always deliver the message in a loving way and it should never be in a fear-inducing way. So, Lexi, I know you you are you know better than to do that, but just a reminder to everyone out there that if you do feel called to deliver a message, you can always do it in a loving way. It should never be in a fear-inducing way. You can always ask permission as well. So even if you feel called to deliver the message, that person might not be open to receive that message. And so you can always, and I suggest you always, ask for permission. Hi, Susie. Uh, Just reaching out because this might sound kind of crazy and weird, but I just had this like really strong feeling that I needed to to share something with you. Are you open to me sharing that message with you today? Are you open to listening? And she might be like, yeah, you know what? It's a really, really stressful day at work. And like, maybe can we just do this later? Fine. Talk to her later, right? Um, Other times, like, I don't... I don't know if anyone's ever said like no to me, but that could happen and you can honor their wishes. Other times it's like, yeah, please tell me, right? And and again, then in the delivery, you can be loving and respectful. But ultimately, <coughs> excuse me, it's not under your control or it's not your responsibility for how they re- they react to any information that you do give. So Again, you have control over the way you deliver it and the way that you ask for permission and the way that you that you um, do not induce fear, but you are not responsible for their reaction. Does that make sense? So it is your responsibility to protect your energy and to ask permission to be, read people's others, other people's energy in the way that you deliver an, a message, but it is not your responsibility once they have opened themselves up to receive to make them ask in any certain way. So you might have this idea in your head that you want to give this message that you've received from Spirit to your friend Susie, and she's like, okay, yeah, like I'm open to it, and you, you deliver that message. Well, then, then like once you've delivered the message, it's not then your responsibility to continue to make sure that Susie really gets it or that she does the thing that you were told to tell her to do. That's up to her. She has the information now. Now she gets to do decide what to do with that and how to respond. So just a a reminder, because a lot of us will take on the responsibility of like holding someone's hand throughout the entire process when it was never our responsibility. So the other thing I want you to maybe consider is asking spirit why. Like, why am I supposed to deliver this message? Because again, if it's like something you're receiving really strongly, like, okay, Lexi, you really need to reach out to Sarah for, for and tell her blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, before you just jump in and like maybe DM me or whatever on Facebook, ask spirit like, okay, you know, why? Why do I need to deliver this message? And you may or may not get a clear answer, but you could ask more specifically, would you have me deliver this message today? So like, yes or no, like, okay, I received this message. Is this something they actually need to hear? Because just because you think it also doesn't necessarily mean they need to hear it. It might just be something that you're picking up on. So would you, divine universe, God, spirit, whatever you want to say, would you have me deliver this message today? 
And then the today today part is also specific, right? Like, do they need this message now? And then you could also ask, how would you have me deliver this message? Would you have me call this person? Would you have me DM this person? Would you have me uh, text this person? Would you have me audio message message this person? How would you have me deliver this message? And then you could also ask, especially if you're kind of feeling like, ooh, is this really a message I need to like deliver or not? You can ask, well, what is the greater purpose of this message? And again, it's probably like, well, it could be about you and something actually to do with you, or it could be about them. And in my experience, you're more likely to receive answers if it's something to do with you. And and not that you can't receive answers around other people, but usually... I will say, like, what is the greater purpose of delivering this message? Uh, and so, like, again, let's say you were divinely inspired to reach out to me and, and give me a message that you received from Spirit. And you might ask, okay, what is the greater purpose of delivering this message to Sarah? And you might hear this voice. You might write in your journal. You might just have a clear knowing. Again, all things we learn in intuitive soul school around the clear senses, around, oh, okay, or you can muscle test on it, also taught into intuitive soul school. What is the greater purpose of this message? Well, the greater purpose of this message is that Sarah just really needs love today. And this is just a loving message. So send it to her. And it's like, oh, okay, I can totally do that. That greater purpose feels really good and easy for me. Good points. Thank you. I always forget I can ask questions. Yeah. So just ask questions, right? It's not like, doesn't need to feel like a burden on you and like, oh man, I have to deliver this. I don't know if I want to deliver this. So how's this person going to respond? Just ask the questions, right? And uh, surrender it over to the divine, to the universe so that it's, it's, it was never all your responsibility. Okay, last question before my phone dies as well from Cynthia. Again, if you were one of the other 10, 15 people or so that asked, uh, I am putting it on my list to get to you guys as well. But this is the last one for today. So Cynthia asks, so I need to increase my income and I applied for a new job in my current profession, which is insurance, but I didn't get it. Is that the universe telling me I should pursue something outside of my current profession, uh, like being a fibromyalgia coach, or that I just need to keep trying? Thanks. So what does your intuition say? You didn't get this job. Okay, what are you intuitively feeling? Did you ever feel like you were supposed to, like, that was the job, that was it, that's what you were meant to have? Did your intu- intuition tell you that? And, or, did, did you actually feel a little bit of relief after you didn't get the job? How did you feel afterwards? What did that news make you feel like? Was it like, oh, phew, I don't have to go back in to, to work in the insurance world. Like, thank God, I really didn't want to do that. Or was it like, wow, I really felt like that was something I was meant to do and I'm surprised I didn't get the job or I'm, I'm, I'm upset that I didn't get the job. There's not a right or wrong. I'm just asking you so you can notice it within yourself around what your reaction was to that. And then again, what is your own intuition saying about this situation? And then ask yourself, what do I really want? What do you really want? Do you want to go back into the insurance world? Maybe even temporarily because the pay is good. Do you want to say, screw it, I'm going off and I'm going to make this freaking coaching business work? And I believe that you can do this. There's no doubt in my mind that you that you can do this. So what do you really want? What does your heart really, really desire? And that's what probably your intuition is going to be nudging you f- towards versus... Um, there being any like cut and dry answer to your to your question so like 
yeah, I don't think there's necessarily like a clear cut like, oh, you didn't get the job. That means you have to go do something else and don't apply to any other insurance jobs unless you feel like your intuition is telling you that. So I think you can feel into it and see what did I learn from this process? What did I feel during this process? Ask yourself, what do I really actually want? What does my heart really actually desire? And then you might ask as well, like what lesson is surfacing for me right now? What is What lesson is surfacing through this experience? How did it make me feel to not get this job? Okay, noticing, I see you there. Are there any fears and limiting beliefs coming up? And then let's just imagine for a second. So how would it feel to earn a really, really good income as a fibro coach? What would that feel like? Have you even allowed yourself to consider that, to feel into that? What would that feel like? I make amazing freaking money as a fibromyalgia coach and I get to help people, women like me who have a lot of pain, chronic pain every single day and I get to help them relieve that. And then what part of you thinks that you can't have it? What, like allow yourself to visualize that for a second. Ask, is that really what I want? Sounds like it from what you from your from your question from your comment today. So then, what part of you thinks that you can't have that? I think you can have that. I think there's no doubt in my mind that anyone listening could decide they want to be a fibromyalgia coach and make that happen if they really wanted it. And Cynthia, I know because you told me about this that you want this. So why don't you think you can have it? And then ask yourself whatever reasons you come up with, whatever like spews out of you, or you write in your journal. Are these things true? Is that true? Is it true that I can't have this or I can't be a fibro coach, a successful like earner as a fibro coach because of this? Is this true? Yes or no? And then usually no, right? Because I don't think there's anything that says you can't really have it except for the limiting beliefs. So what's more true? What is really true? What's really true is I'm afraid. What's really true is is a big commitment. What's really true is I don't know where to start. Ask yourself what's really true. And that's also going to show you where you might be holding yourself back. So these are a lot of things to think about, but I would really encourage you to get your journal out and, and write the answers to these questions so that it, all, it can all surface and you can intuitively feel, okay, should I apply to another job in the insurance industry and field? Or... Do I want to do something that is outside of what I've ever done before that is new territory for me? Okay? All right. Super fun being on with all of you today. Always a pleasure. 